Hi there. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on the speaking life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Hello, how are you? I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope this season is blessing you. I hope that is filled with the joy and wonder of the birth of Jesus. So if you're listening to this when it dropped, it is December and we are moving toward Christmas quickly and there is so much happening in our world. And I know in your life, like in my life, it's a busy time. Well, before we dive into today's episode, which fits the season, I want to ask you one thing. Are you in the Facebook group? Now, I just assume all of you are. And then I will have somebody say, oh, yeah, no, I've been on your email list for a long time, but I never joined your Facebook group. Well, email list, you're going to go to takethestagepodcast.com. Click resources. You can scroll all the way to the bottom, sign up there, or just click on one of those resources. I made those for you. And Facebook group, Take the Stage Speakers. Just search that in Facebook. It will pop up. Click join, and I will be so thrilled to have you over there. It is a great place to hang out. It is where you find encouragement. You find kindred spirit speakers like you, who are working on their craft, who are building their um, career, they're continuing the outreach. You're going to find your people there. and know that because you are my people and I'm over there. So even if Facebook isn't your place, join us. I just stay in my groups. I don't venture out into the land of Facebook. So today, this is a little bit of a different episode. Today, we're talking about the a couple of things. It is the ask in a message. So as many of you know, I have worked with compassion and I do what is known as the appeal. I stand on stage and I talk about why you should be a sponsor today. And I want to break that down for you because there is just like in crafting and building a message, there is a craft to making an ask. And maybe you have to ask your church body to give to maybe you're doing a Compassion Sunday, or maybe you're raising money for a mission trip or a building project. Let's talk about how you ask people to join you. Maybe you're raising money for your local women's shelter or your homeless shelter or backpacks for kids. Whatever you are doing, whatever ask you are making. So however you are asking, the psychology and the process around it is very similar. Whether you're asking people to give you cash money in your hand or to sponsor a child or to pack a backpack or to join you and come down and do a feed the homeless day. The psychology and the process of building an ask is very much the same. So let's start with the very first part of that. And it is you. A likable 
presenter. Now, if you have the benefit and blessing of doing it in front of an audience that already knows you, wow, that is 50% of your job right there. They're already bought into you. They already know you, they like you, and they trust you. Now, if you're like me and you're walking into a cold audience and you have literally just a couple of minutes, now we know we have seven seconds to get their attention, but in those first seven seconds and then moving into that 30 second and 45 second, I have to not only grab their attention, but I have to help them like me. And I know that sounds crazy, but likable presenter is one of the first keys to creating a compelling ask. So how do you get people to like you so quickly? Just be you. Just be who God called you to be. Be open, be authentic, use your real voice. Don't use an affected an affected voice. Don't go on stage and begin to speak as if you are an orator. Okay, that was a little ridiculous, but you get where I'm going. Be you. Be natural. Be normal. Be faulty. You know, we all have flaws. And if someone is standing on the stage and they look picture perfect and they sound picture perfect, then I don't know how to connect with them. So who is in your audience? Typically for me, when I am doing a compassion ask, I'm speaking to moms. I'm speaking to moms between the ages of 35 and 55. I know that range and you know I'm going to say speak to one. So I pick the 45-year-old mom who has a couple of kids and who has a heart to make a difference in the world, but she often struggles with how what she does matters. That's who I'm speaking to. That is my one person. So when I stand on that stage and begin, I open with, you know, I have been in some amazing places. Recently, well, I'm going to be honest with y'all, it wasn't that recently, It was actually 2019. I had the benefit of taking this group. When I say this group, I'm pointing to an image on the screen to Guatemala. And not only get I get to take them to Guatemala, I got to take them to the mountains of Guatemala. And let me tell you what we did. Now, understand I am smiling. I am leaning in. And because I know I'm talking to moms. In that picture, there are several children. And so I know that's going to resonate with the moms. I then began to tell the story of Luis and Luis's grandmother. This is where I move from likable presenter, because hopefully they've like me. I've been warm. I've been open. I'm smiling. I'm physically leaning into the audience. I am holding my hands open, palms up in front of my chest. I'm using that to gesture because that makes me feel more approachable. And again, smiling. Smiles are something that resonate with people. Studies have shown that a smile will make people believe that you are trustworthy. It's a study, I can only tell you. Number two is the powerful story. So likable presenter, now we're going to powerful story. Number two of our three process 
of how we create a compelling ass. So powerful story. I begin the story and I tell the story of Luis. And I tell the story of Luis and his grandmother. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. Luis is raised by his grandmother because his parents have to travel hours and hours from their mountain home to find work. And as I am communicating with Luis's grandmother via the translator, and you notice I refer to her as Luis's grandmother, because that is a title of pride. It is a title of honor in her country. And I want to honor her as grandmother. So I speak of her as Luis's grandmother. And she tells me the story of Luis and how Luis did not like school. He did not like anything until. And I said, until, and she says, until this last year. So at this point in the story, I pause and I say, we're getting ready to head out. Now we're going to go get water because I'm taking this group of people to see what life is like for Luis and his cousins and his siblings and what it means for them to live in this country. We're going to go get water. And and this is where the story gets humorous. Humor is a great storytelling tactic. And I tell the story of walking to get water. They hand me this little jug and it's, I mean, it might hold maybe a half gallon, maybe not even a half gallon. It's like what I would call a token jug. And every, you know, the real people, grandmother has this huge, like five, 10 gallon jug that she's carrying. She throws it up on top of her head and she's walking and it's empty at this point. We're going to go get water. And I think, listen, my grandmother lived in the country. I have drawn water from a whale. This is not my first rodeo. I'm fixing to, and if you're Southern, you know, that means I am going to, I'm getting ready to show up my friends here that I have brought to Guatemala. As we are out walking, I think, well, surely that we're, this well is around the next bend. And I go around the bend, there's no well. And I notice we start going downhill and it gets a little muddier. It's rainy season in Guatemala. And did I mention we are in the mountains? And we continue to go downhill and it starts getting a little slippery. And listen, I'll be honest with y'all. I'm not the brightest candle in the pack, but I figured at about 20 minutes in, we're headed downhill and there's no end in sight. I did figure this out. What goes down must come up. And I'm going to tell y'all at one point, I really considered just flinging myself down that mountain. Because I was exhausted. And you see, I had on the wrong footwear. Look what I'm wearing on my feet. Look at what I'm wearing all together. I have on Palazzo pants. They are super cute, not made for mountain climbing. And I'm wearing adorable little Mary Jane flats. Again, cute, not made for mountain climbing. No one told me that I was going to be climbing a mountain today. So I continue with the story. And I get to a point in the story. And again, we're talking back and forth. She's telling me how compassion has stepped into Luis's world. He loves going to church now. He goes to school and to church, and he loves it. Now, grandmother has always loved church, but her grandson didn't, and particularly Luis. He did not care for it. And, you know, he's an eight-year-old boy. And I asked him, I said, Luis, what's your favorite thing about going to church? 
And he said, the food. (laughs) I said, really? And he said, oh, and the stories. I said, tell me your latest story. So as we're walking through the interpreter, he said, Daniel and the lion's den. And I'm like, oh, that's my favorite. I love it. Can you believe what God did? So we had this great conversation. Again, we have now reached the bottom of this mountain. We've been walking for about 45 minutes. I decided at that point that I would now live at the bottom of the mountain. I would now serve the Lord at the bottom of this mountain. Y'all call my family. I cannot make it up this mountain. So the story goes on. And again, it is the story that I'm telling. And then I begin to shift the story. And we, I do make it up the mountain. There's a whole story about me going up. And there's one of the most unflattering pictures that I have ever shared in my life that I use in this presentation. And it is me climbing up the mountain in the Mary Janes and the cute Palazzo pants, which y'all, it's not a good look. It is not a good look from that angle. And there's also the picture of me standing and just contemplating life. And that's really me trying to catch my breath and not die. At this point in the story, we get up the mountain. We're sitting across from each other. We're all eating and enjoying conversation as you do through an interpreter. And I know it sounds awkward, but it really flows and works. And I'm chatting with grandmother and I'm saying, I just, I can't believe you do that multiple times a day. And you're walking down the mountain and we're laughing. And Luis comes over because he's listening as children do. And he leans in and he looks at me and he says something that I'm going to be honest with you still resonates in my spirit to this day. And it makes me pause, particularly in this season. He looked at me and he said, well, how far do you walk for water? Wow. Inches, feet. I have a bottle sitting right beside me as I tell you this story. How far do you walk for water? You see, Luis doesn't see that as a burden. What I saw as a burden he sees as a blessing because they have clean water. It's a rarity in his country. He gets to go to school. That's a rarity in his country because someone just like you sitting in a chair at an event just like this said, I will spend $38 a month. Because I know through compassion, he will get food and water and he will get education, medical attention. His family would be provided for, but above all else, he will get Jesus. You can do that today. You can take this moment in time and make a difference. In the life of a child, you can do that for $38 a month. There is a little boy like Luis or a little girl waiting for someone to say, I see you and I care. I see you and I'm going to step up and do something for you. 
there's a mama just like you sitting around the world waiting for someone to say they will step in and help her raise her child. And that is what's called the relatable connection. I move from the story about Luis to the story about you sitting in the seat. Now, I'm going to put this out there just in case anyone wants it. But if you do want to sponsor a child today, I do have a way you can do that. Go to compassion.com slash Mary. That's it. Compassion.com slash Mary. And you'll see loads of children who are waiting to be sponsored through Compassion International. And Compassion works only through the local church. That's why everything Luis talked about was the church. Because when you go to a country like Guatemala, you don't see the branding of compassion, which stunned me. I'm going to be honest with you when I first saw it, because, you know, I'm an 80s girl and I remember Gloria Vanderbilt. I remember Jordash. We put everyone's name on us. Come on, y'all. We do. We brand our football teams. We give real estate away, but we are big on branding and logos. I do that with Mary R. Snyder and take the stage. But that's not the way compassion works. It's through the local church. So the three things that we unpacked here was the likable presenter, and that's you. The powerful story that you can create. And then the relatable connection. Connect your audience. You heard me talk about the child, but you also heard me talk about the mom. So a mom-to-mom connection. And then make a clear, concise call to action. I told you exactly how to go and sponsor. Now, if you are in a room and it may be that you say, today we are raising, I'm going to pause right there. You notice I only talked about one child. Did you catch that? There are over 100,000 children waiting to be sponsored by Compassion. But I don't talk about that because that's an overwhelming amount of people. It's an overwhelming amount. And what we do in our psyche is we shut down. And I know my one person is trying to figure out a way to make a difference. And one child makes a difference. One sponsorship makes a difference. So that's why I focus on one. So if you're raising $100,000 to build a building, let's take it in small sections. What will $100 do? What will $500 do? Because when we make the ask so big, people can't find it within it. They can't see themselves as the hero of our story. And that's what we're trying to create here. Not that they want to be heroes, but that they want to see that their choices make a difference, that my giving makes a difference. So if you're building a $100,000 building, for $100, we can, you fill in the blank, we can provide a window in our nursery room. I don't know what $100 provides. For $500, you will do this. For $100, you'll paint one wall in our sanctuary. One wall. For $500, you'll put the floor in for XYZ room. 
if you're raising money for the homeless. $25 will feed one person, will feed five people this week. will feed 10 people this week. Let them see, tell the story of one person and then let them see how their one gift, and mine is $38 a month, will provide the needs of a child. All right, we've covered some stuff today. It's a little bit longer, but this is something that some of you have asked me about and I really wanted to unpack it with you. So here are the elements again, likable presenter, that's you, powerful story, and a relatable connection. Let them see themselves in the solution. And then a clear, concise, consumable call to action. When I say consumable, something that is within their realm, not a hundred thousand children, but one, not a hundred thousand dollars, but a hundred dollars, not 5,000 homeless people we're going to feed, but five, a family of five who are struggling. You can feed this week for $25. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope your holiday season is wonderful. I hope Christmas is beautiful. I hope that you are filled with joy and good tidings. All right. You have a great rest of your day. Bye for now. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you will find links in the show notes. And those can be found wherever you're listening to this or at takethestagepodcast.com. I'm Mary R. Snyder. And as always, I am here to help you craft a message that matters and take that message to the stage. Until next week, have a good one.